This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Let's bring the one, the only, the legend, the man, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Beck, is that Abba singing your little theme song there? I thought they were retired. <laughs> <laughs> you well, the first thing out of his mouth, mouth, right? I mean, right out of the chute, right out of his mouth. Getting my dancing machine on. So look, here. look what look what happens, <laughs> right out of the chute. So, Bill, let me ask you this. Sure. Uh, I have been threatened uh, by Sean Hannity using his karate on me. Yeah. Do you do you have a brown belt or a blue belt or a black belt? Only in intellectual prowess. Okay. <laughs> so there's no threats coming your way? Never, Beck. I, you know, you're my pal. Why would I do that? Mm, well, let's not, let's not exaggerate. Um, <laughs> so Bill is off killing someone else, a new book. Uh, this one's Killing the Rising Sun. He's run out of people to kill. Oh, now, he's, wow. now he's killing an entire nation of people. Wow. The hatred never stops with Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> the book is uh, Killing of the Rising Sun, How America Vanquished World War II Japan. So, Bill, um, w- what's in here that, you know, makes it worth reading? Well, first of all, uh, when the book was released on Tuesday, the first day out, it sold 103,000 copies. A lot of stupid wow. people. Why? Right. What's in stu- it? Is that, is that a lot of stupid people? <laughs> oh, I mean, why? I mean, I mean... <laughs> I mean, oh, what's in there? I mean, you can get, you know, this I know the, the power six, of Bill O'Reilly. He hypnotizes you. He looks at the... This is the sixth book in the series. If they weren't any good, believe me, 100,000 people wouldn't be buying them the first day. Your question about what you'll learn <laughs> is yeah. a good one. Because yeah. history has been um, kind of trampled by mm. boring people who just recite things that they've been told. This one puts you on Iwo Jima, Saipan, Okinawa, and Hiroshima. You, the reader, will experience what happened there. And that's the formula that makes the killing book successful, is that it's just not a recitation of facts. It's drama and real people. And our research centers on Marines and soldiers and naval uh, people who wrote letters not pinheads and, you know, who did all mm-hmm. this research about, you know, mm-hmm. talking to this one and that one. But we get down with the folks. And one hey, of the Bill. compelling stories that I know you'll enjoy once you get around to having someone read the book to you no, they... <laughs> is how a woman survived Hiroshima by being three minutes late to her job. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff we have. Well, I, I read that story because I did read the book. Did so. you really? No, I'm lying completely, but... No, I wouldn't be <laughs> completely right. But um, I, I thought I'd give it a shot here for a second. Um, no, Bill, here, here's the thing um, uh, that I would really like your perspective on. What is why do we not know who the Japanese really were? Because I mean, it's not politically correct mm-hmm. for but when did that the public but when did that... education system to actually tell the urchins the truth about so, their country. But when did that when did that happen? I mean, because you in World War Two, you were about 70. So what (laughs) when did did we know during World War Two 
that they were slaughtering 20 million Chinese, that they were, you know, having games of butchery? Um, did we know those things at the time? Yeah, it was reported uh, in the Chinese uh, atrocities in the 30s. Um, the major newspapers in America did report that the Japanese went in and um, murdered people, raped women, uh, you know, en masse. That was reported. Um, but then when World War II started, unlike the European theater, where there were a lot of American reporters, there were very few in the Pacific theater. It was, number one, too dangerous to drop them on the islands. And number two, MacArthur, who was in charge of the Pacific theater, as you know, didn't want the American public to see what kind of horror was unfolding on these islands because there were no prisoners on either side. Nobody took prisoners. So they did not want that reported, and therefore there was a news blackout. And to this day, people really don't know what happened um, and how Japan was defeated, which is why I wrote the book. Yeah, You're, you, you know, we, we've done an interview on the book before, and a much more serious one than this. Um, but I can't take another 15 minutes of you being serious. Um, uh, but you and I did an interview, and I, I, I did an episode that's going to air uh, soon uh, on the show that I do called The Vault, where we're talking about World War II and the Japanese. And I don't know if you're aware of Unit 731. Bill, are you aware of that? No, I am not. Okay, this is unbelievable. Unit 731 were doing the same kinds of things that the nasty Nazi doctors were doing. Um, They were were doing live vivisections. This is the Japanese. The Japanese were doing it. We excused all of them and said, hey, in exchange for the research, we won't try you. I'm, I'm just puzzled by why we, why we don't look at the communists and their atrocities. We don't look at the Japanese and their atrocities, but we focus all on uh, the German. And then us. we call our, what, us saving the world from those nightmares atrocities. Look, the, the problem with the reportage in... Uh, after Japan was defeated, is that there was censorship. There was censorship in the European theater, but the European theater was so uh, in your face when they liberated the concentration camps and then Hitler was this evil icon. Didn't have that in Japan. Uh, MacArthur was sympathetic to uh, the Japanese people. He had a long history uh, with his father of dealing with them. So he didn't want to crush them like Patton did. He wanted to defeat them, and, and, and by the way, MacArthur was against dropping the atom bomb because he wanted to invade and get the glory of the victory himself. And just to prove to you that I did read the book, you talk about him being in Manila at the time. Right. Do you want to describe that? Well, MacArthur was not a battlefield commander uh, per se. He stayed behind the lines and, and was a glory hound. Not like, it was totally the opposite from Patton. Um, but MacArthur was a good tactician. I mean, I think Nimitz was probably better, but the combination of the Army and Navy commanders, you know, put the, uh, the Japanese on the defensive from the beginning. However, the, the question is, why were we lenient to the Japanese? There's two reasons why the United States, Harry Truman, and MacArthur didn't punish them the way that the Germans were punished. Number one, the Japanese people pretty much cooperated. Um, they didn't give us a hard time. They surrendered, and once it was over, it was over. Number two, we did execute Tojo and a number of other war criminals. But there wasn't that hunt 
that there was for the SS because, again, they were so demonized. The concentration camps were so overwhelmingly emotional that you, the, the authorities had to do that. And Patton got in trouble because he didn't really want to uh, go in and, and, and take apart the German society. But in Japan, MacArthur got away with pretty much leaving the status quo. Hirohito actually kept his job as emperor. They didn't remove him. Mm-hmm. Didn't have any power, well, they didn't think, but they didn't they, want any trouble with the Japanese. They wanted him to fall into line. Right, and they, they actually thought that because the peasants were so convinced that they were winning, that, in that after that last bomb, they actually thought that you know, there was a chance that the peasants would take over the military and, and uh, continue the war. We didn't know until the very last minute. Well, they weren't going to surrender. There's no, there's no doubt about that. The Japanese were not going to surrender. And if anybody thinks they were, then you're just a fool. Because even after Hiroshima, they didn't surrender. Right. Um, and they were arming children, uh, women. Yeah, those last uh, Even though Tokyo uh, was destroyed, literally, by conventional bombing, it still mm-hmm. didn't break the Japanese spirit. There still wasn't a coup d'etat against Hirohito. It was an attempt, but it was fought back. Um, so, so do you think do you think that this was a do you think that the um, history is um, against uh, America or against atomic weapons or both? Because well, the, 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 the firebombing. Hang on. Hang on. Just a second. The firebombing in Tokyo um, killed more people, killed many yeah. more people and a, 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 a group of homeless the size of Chicago came out of that city. 125 square miles was destroyed by firebombing. And yet you don't hear that. No, you only the hear the bomb is such right. a backdoor that mm-hmm. people lock in on that. Uh, right. And by the way, uh, when you're here in uh, North Korea testing and uh, Iranian nukes, the uh, nuclear weapons we have today are 100,000 times more powerful than the atom bomb. So when, when you read Killing a Rising Sun and, and you're imagining the horror that that took place there. I mean, it's unspeakable what would happen now if they ever dropped these things. But you basically have, the reason I wrote this book was because of Reverend Jeremiah Wright, Obama's former pastor, when he said after 9-11, justifying the attack, that America's chickens come home to roost because we dropped the bombs on Japan. Yeah, I, that so offended me. I was so appalled. I said, you know what? Someday I'm going to write the re- a book and correct a record on this. And that's how that book got on the board. I, I, I will tell you, Bill, um, uh, it is a fantastic book, and the, what you've done with the presidents afterwards, you've gone back to the living presidents, and uh, Bill Clinton wouldn't participate, neither would Barack Obama, but right. the other ones um, did participate, and, and you asked them, would you have done it? And you don't believe that Bill Clinton um, answered that because he doesn't want to have to answer to the left, doesn't want controversy now. Right. Yeah, we, uh, I asked five living presidents to give me a personal letter whether they would have supported Truman and dropped the bomb. The two Bushes and Jimmy Carter did, and they all said they would have dropped the atom bomb. Obama did not. Um, just speculation, just on my part, just speculation. I just don't think he would have dropped it. No, I don't either. Okay. I don't either. Do, you th- do you think Bill Clinton would have? Yes, but I didn't. Uh, you were absolutely hit it. Clinton didn't want to, you know, raise any yeah. uh, controversy on the left by saying that. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it is, and you point this out in the book, it, it was the compassionate thing to do. Millions would have died yes. on both sides. No, didn't they estimate four million Japanese? Four million Japanese were saved by, by a non-invasion? Yeah, it, it because was, it, they weren't, it, it, the, you have to understand the mindset. It was like, a lot like the Nazi mindset. Um, is uh, that, it's more like ISIS, I think. 
Well, it's the same. It's the same thing. I always say ISIS is, is uh, Hitler light. I mean, that that's what they mm-hmm. are. There's no difference between the Third Reich, SS, and all that, and ISIS. There's no difference. Uh, um, but the, the mindset is: look, uh, we're willing to give our life for uh, the Emperor Hirohito, the Living God. And where do you see this guy? How <laughs> when the when you read the book, what Hirohito is really like? And this is the Living God. I yeah. mean, it's worse than Henry VIII found in a religion in uh, in uh, England. I mean, come yeah, on. No, it was it was it's pretty nuts. Bill, you bring up the Nazi side of this, and and you know Hitler thought you know as we're losing, I want as we're retreating, I want the bridges blown up, I want all of our infrastructure destroyed so the enemy doesn't get a hold of it. And there were people there like Albert Speer who said, "Hey, wait a minute, uh, I'm not going to do that," and defied his orders at the last minute, even with all that dedication. Were there people like that on the Japanese side? Who- not that we know. Because it was the Japanese secret police were more effective than the Gestapo, and if there was any dissenters, they were mm. beheaded immediately. Um, you know that society was so tight and so closed. Um, but one of the interesting parts about uh, killing the rising sun is the reason that FDR fast tracked the atom bomb research in New Mexico was because Hitler was doing it, and and they feared they being the American authorities they feared the Third Reich would get this bomb. And, of course, if they had gotten it, they'd use it. And that's why Hitler was allowed to hang on by his generals, because his generals knew that they were, had these super weapons in development, and that would turn the thing around, which is why they fought um, harder than they might have. But the Japanese were a different story. The Japanese were so fanatical and so crazy um, that they were going to die for the emperor because that's their code, Bushido. Um, you know, you have to die for the emperor. And, and they were. And that, that includes little kids, women, everybody. Bill, always good to uh, have you on. And um, Well, no, it's not. But this time, <laughs> it's good to have you on. And, you know, and but I, I, appreciate I really it. appreciate you having me on your fine program. And I, Thanks, I want you to do me one favor. Will you do me one favor? I'll try to. All right. Say hello to Abba for me. I really am a big fan. <laughs> right, right. Bill O'Reilly. So you actually did read the book this time, huh? Not one word of it. <laughs> Not one word of it. And uh, I didn't want to break my record of Bill O'Reilly books at this point. All right. <laughs> sounds like actually, a, it sounds great. Oh, it is. Yeah, it, it sounds it is. great. I have read enough of it, and he was on with me. We're doing a deal on The Vault um, where he's a guest on The Vault, and we're talking about this. And I have, I have artifacts that he had never seen. Um, we, we took him out. Of, we have 8,000 artifacts, historic artifacts, in The Vault. And uh, next week is the premiere episode, next Wednesday, on the Blaze TV. And in an upcoming episode, we talk about this. And when you hear who the Japanese were, you've never heard these stories before. Yeah. You've never heard them before. And there's, if you knew them, there would be no, not a second of thought about should we have dropped the bomb. And one reason he wrote this book, the other reason why I'm, I, it's the same reason I'm, I'm doing like the vault in his story. I'm doing these two shows because your kids are going to go into class and they're going to have to be, they'll be asked this question. The only thing on Common Core is about the United States dropping the bomb. That's all they included in the Common Core tests uh, for World War II. And no context. No context at all. Yeah. Your kids have to have context and they will not find it in school books. So Bill O'Reilly's book and also The Vault, that's on Wednesdays 
on the Blaze TV. Get this one, because Bill's running out of dead people to kill. Oh, no. So. He's, next thing he's going to be... I don't know. He's, who's he going to be killing next? What Milky country? Way. What continent? It'll he's probably... killed all the people. Now he's killing, he's killing oh. entire countries. It'll have to be he the planet. Like the death ray, the death star <laughs> of books. I believe it's going to be killing Harambe. That is the next book. Be, oh, nice. Don't it's you think? All of a sudden, we're all going to say, I feel like there That's were millions call. of voices that just cried out. Yeah, Bill O'Reilly just published another book. <laughs> the last time you purchased your mattress, you were also paying for things you didn't know. You're paying for the showroom. You're paying for the guy's salary who helped you, the commissions, and the reseller's profit. Casper Mattress has changed all of that. They sell directly to you. That's why the most comfortable mattress you have ever slept on is going to save you a ton of money cost you much less than the mattress you bought years ago casper was invented with two high-tech foams that guarantee that you sleep cool and comfortable with the support that you need also time magazine because of this named it one of the best inventions of 2015 and your casper mattress ships free and is delivered in a small kind really honestly how did they do that kind of box tanya and i have a casper mattress and we love it try one in your own home for a hundred nights risk-free if you don't love it they're going to pick it up and refund every single penny Go to Casper.com, use the promo code BECK, and get $50 off the purchase of your brand new Casper mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Casper.com, promo code BECK. Casper.com, promo code BECK.